Welcome to Mihinte on Air on 100.5 and 790 News Radio WSGW and online WSGW.com. Now, here is your host, Larry Rodarte. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to my show, Mihinte on Air, a continuous arm of Mihinte Magazine celebrating 26 years publishing in the state of Michigan. June 16th, this coming June 16th, 1995 was when our initial publication was published, and the world was a different place than it is today, of course. We started out to publish entertainment news, but quickly found ourselves advocating on Latino issues affecting our communities, and today is no different. This week, all over the news and social media, a young Mexican student from Asheboro, North Carolina, did not receive his diploma after his graduation ceremony because he was told he disrupted the commencement by not following the dress code. Ever Lopez was his name, and he wore a Mexican flag around his gown as he went up on stage to shake hands and receive the outside covering that would hold his diploma. A cousin of his videotaped that incident, and thank God he did, when Principal Penny Crook asked him to take the flag off because it was a distraction, she said. As Ever Lopez gestured to try to remove the flag, seconds went by, the crowd begins to boo, and the principal relents and hands him the diploma holder, and he continues on not removing the flag. Let's listen to Ever Lopez and what he said. It means everything to me. For my whole family from over there, you know, like, I did it for them because, like, they had a rough childhood, you know, like, they didn't get to go to school like I did, you know? I was basically doing it for my family. So that's what he said after, before he actually ended up getting his diploma. Later, Penny Crooks, the principal again, called the police and they escorted the student, Ever Lopez, and his family from the premise saying she wanted an apology from Ever before he would get his diploma. But the mother of Ever's fought back. She countered that she wanted an apology from the school to her family, her son, and wanted them to give her son the diploma he earned. Family and friends were protesting by Friday chanting, Free Evers Diploma, and a national storm descended on Ashboro. Ashboro School District, in a statement, said, We strongly support our students' expression of their heritage in the appropriate time and place. He earned the diploma, not Penny Crooks, And for them to just take it away because he showed love for his heritage, well, it's just not right. Let's hear what his mother, Margarita Lopez, said at the Monday press conference. I also want to share a little bit about what happened on Thursday. Tratamos de, veníamos en la tarde del jueves con mucho orgullo de recibir el diploma de mi hijo. We came here on Thursday with so much pride and ready to get the diploma of my of my son. Y estábamos súper emocionados al escuchar su nombre y el momento en el que él fue detenido frente a la principal, sentimos un nudo en la garganta. We were so proud the instant we heard his name being called until we saw him approach the principal where he was stopped and we instantly got uh, choked up. 
Nosotros solamente pedimos una explicación de la, de la principal respecto a lo que pasó el jueves sobre su cabeza. We are only, we are only asking for an explanation from the principal about the incidents that happened on Thursday. So today I've invited someone who has worked in the American school system. Ricardo Medina was the superintendent of Bridgeport High School here in Michigan for three years and also superintendent two years in California and is a longtime educator for over 40 years. We welcome Ricardo Medina to Mi Gente on Air. How you doing, Ricardo? Hey, I'm doing very well. Thank you. It's, it's good so, to be with you, Larry. Yeah, it's so good to hear your voice. I know I don't get to see you often, but I know that you come in, you and your wife, to have patitos at the Civica, and it's always a pleasure to see you. And we've gone through this pandemic now for 15 months. It's been a long time, and we're here today because of an issue that arised on a national level. I want to know, Ricardo, what was your reaction when you saw this play out this week? Um, I was uh, very sad, uh, disappointed, kind of disillusioned uh, with that particular school system. Um, I feel that uh, it, it was not handled appropriately. And, you know, and the, when the student completes the prescribed course of study at any particular high school across the country, that high school diploma is a property right, something that they are entitled to, something that they earned. And it really, a property right should not be taken away from any person without due process. Yes, yes. And in hindsight that, you know, we now know that Ever Lopez received his diploma, I think four days later. Do you think Penny Crooks as principal could have handled this differently? And I wonder why we didn't hear too much from the superintendent of the schools. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised the superintendent didn't speak on the issue either, you know, because the, the superintendent is the the chief executive officer of a school district and uh, normally they're the ones that deal with the media uh and, and that was my role when i was a superintendent you know for over 10 years in three districts across the country but um uh as far as the principal not handling it properly when when you have graduation and graduation ceremony you know the students do a walkthrough before the ceremony they're they usually given the rules, uh, the handbook, the you know the the rules are specified in the handbook, or else they're given like a sheet of paper that tells them the do's and don'ts, what to do, what not to do, the dress code, and and normally there is a senior advisor that meets with the students. So they normally have an assembly at the school, you know, with a senior class that's graduating, and they go through all the protocols and the procedures that they're going to be expected to follow. Right. Um, so I don't know where the system broke down, but it certainly did. Well, let, let's listen to uh, Margarita Lopez, the mother, again, as she talks about that this is more than just about her son. También queremos una explicación sobre por qué nos tuvieron que escoltar los policías hacia afuera del edificio. We want an explanation as to how things were handled and even why we were escorted out by police officers. Porque lo que pasó el jueves no solamente se trata de mi hijo, se trata de toda la comunidad hispana. Because what happened on Thursday isn't just about my son, it's about our entire Latino community. Yeah. Can you imagine being escorted out of your high school that you've just, you know, completed your curriculum to mm -hmm. enable you to get a, a diploma and you're there with your parents 
and the police are called. Isn't that something that this took place uh, today and in the backdrop of all that is going on with our country in race relations? And I think that Penny Crooks probably wasn't thinking too quickly at the moment as how this would affect, you know, she said it was a, a distraction to the ceremony, but it, the way she handled it was a bigger distraction for not only the whole entire school body, but the nation, you know. So what are your thoughts, Ricardo? Well, unfortunately, I think she's the one that created the distraction yeah. and uh, kind of halted the ceremony in, in process by shedding light on the issue as opposed to handing them the, the, the graduation cover and just moving on with the ceremony. And, and really, there should have been somebody at the bottom of the stage that when the, the student came up with the flag, you know, those people are there. She should have, you know, known what to do and asked them, you know, the dress code is, you can't, you know, wear any flags over your covering. Uh, you need to take that off. They should have handled that before he ever got on stage. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it was a travesty uh, all the way around with the way it was handled. It was kind of chasing after the horse after it left the barn kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and when you mm-hmm. see the actual video of Ever, when he goes up there, he shakes the hand of the principal. And mm-hmm. she does ask him to remove the, the you know, the, the flag. And he actually yeah. is in the process of trying to do that. But I think because of the reaction of the crowd and the booze that was happening, uh, the, the principal, Penny Crooks, uh, decided to move forward and, you know, let, let him go through with the flag on be- mm-hmm. and not wait anymore because it was causing right. a huge distraction. You know, one of the things I want to mention, um, which I feel is really important, because, you know, as a Mexican-American, you know, I've gone through the, the, the school system at Bridgeport High School. And, you know, this, you know, it hit home. It, it, it conjured up memories of, of incidences that have happened to me, of course, in my lifetime. That usually is, is what happens. And I want to mention, sure. though, that, you know, Everest's parents came from Mexico pretty recent. I'm assuming this, but from their press conference, this is something that you can kind of um, see. And they may not be familiar too much with how commencement ceremonies take place in this country, because if you remember, Ever, their son, is the first in his entire family to get a diploma in the USA. And maybe they didn't read the fine print of the documents about the dress code that was it was sent home to students. And on, doc, on those documents, they'll say, you know, no flip-flops or tennis shoes. Students should dress up, et cetera. And, and we've seen through the years where kids, they don't follow those rules all the time. And, and maybe, you know, we have to look at maybe the documents actually didn't say anything about decorative regalia mm-hmm. or flags. You know, it wasn't listed. Apparently it wasn't from the documents I've seen. It wasn't explicit about flags or ethnic expression like so many have said or have assumed in the argument against Ever Lopez and his actions. Ever Lopez said in the news statements he did just what he did on a whim. He wore the flag for his parents because he knew they wanted him to get his diploma. It was so important in Mm -hmm. his family. And isn't that every parent's wish? You know, so we, we are at a crossroads, you know, when we talk about race relations in this country. And it just seems that, you know, everybody's overly uh, sensitive, but it's important that we talk about these issues. And I'm so glad you're here with me today to talk about that. What do, what do you see as we go forward when another national incident has happened 
that is in the psyche of our American minds. Now, we, we just went through the whole incident with George Floyd, and, and that was a major one. I think that was the mm-hmm. biggest one where I've always said on this program, the pendulum has shifted. And we went through uh, an uh, election that um, now you see lawmakers trying to stop the vote of many people, uh, people of color, it seems to be hit, hit the most. And we're going through that now. Do you think that this was all in the backdrop of why an incident like, you know, wearing a, a Mexican flag during commencement happened? Um, you know, I would say that that might be part of it. Uh, obviously, any kind of any first generation student graduating from an American high school, you know, when the, being the first in the family, there's a, a, a lot of pride involved. And they certainly would be pri- proud of of your own accomplishments, but also proud of your heritage and your culture. So you understand where the student was coming from in, in terms of kind of honoring his parents' uh, you know, background, uh, ethnicity, et cetera. But, um, you know, I, I, again, I just feel as a former school principal and assistant principal, teacher, you know, and superintendent, that it should have been handled at the student assembly or the graduation class assembly with a student advisor, the graduation, you know, senior advisor to go through all the rules. And also when they came in, you know, the way graduations are set up, when you march into the field, you have teachers there and they know the rules. If anybody's out of hand or violating dress code, they're supposed to handle it before the student ever gets up on the stage. So I, you know, they they have they should have had all these systems in place, and it it broke down, you know, severely, yeah. um, and created a, a a terrible memory for this particular student, yeah. when it should have been a time of you know high emotion and celebration. Yeah, I remember. You to know, have that bad taste in his mouth. I remember. Uh, in Bridgeport, at Bridgeport High School, and I don't know if you remember this, Ricardo, but uh, mm-hmm. during commencement ceremonies, there would be beach balls that were flying around that was disrupting the ceremony. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you remember that? And, and, yes. and would they have? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Would they have dared yeah, that said? Was kind of like a tradition in Bridgeport. Yeah. Would they have dared said? You know what? Because you guys are acting that way and you're not following the rules, you're not getting your diplomas today. <laughs> Can, can you imagine if that would have happened? No, 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 I don't think so. Yeah. Even you, though we tried we tried our darndest, you know, to prevent it from happening and and you know, once it got going, you know, the the teachers would go out there and grab it and pop it, you know, uh, to get rid of it, but they would pop, they would come up with another one. Yeah, and for the students that was a great memory. It was like kind of, yeah, we did yeah. it, you know, we we uh-huh. did that. Yep. And tell me you were a superintendent in California, and you know here we're in the Midwest. Is it much different in in terms of um, the cultural display of students? Because you're talking a lot of Latino students in in California. What city were you actually in? I was uh, well. I spent eight years in San Jose, and then I spent uh, another eight years down in the El Centro, Indio Palm Springs area. Wow. So, so my final stop was in the Palm Springs area. So va- vastly different, I would say, you know, in terms of cultural yeah. um, in, in the population. Yeah. Because I ask this because when I graduated from Bridgeport, I never would have thought to put on 
uh, a Mexican flag, even though I'm a Mexican-American. I'm very proud of my culture, of course. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I'm third, fourth generation. We have followed the rules. We know what's kind Mm -hmm. of expected. And for somebody like Ever Lopez, you know, like I said, I'm not I'm not trying to make any excuses for him. But I think that. Uh, in my heart, I feel that he was very just in what he did because he was so proud and all. But, of course, as a professional, you're saying, okay, yeah, you know, he's, he needs to follow the rules like everyone else. And everybody's saying mm-hmm. that, you know, a lot of people are saying that. Yeah. But you're still getting that whole uh, inclusiveness <laughs> of an individual who's a, uh, attending, you know, uh, an American public school. There, there's got to be more yeah. equity and inclusiveness. And 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 tell me, when you were in California, what did you experience there with the students there? You know, uh, the the seniors, graduating class, uh, they they have a tendency to to create disturbances at graduation events. Uh, it's kind of like a, a a rite of passage that they want to do something to be remembered by. Right. Um, and so they kind of they they'll come up with some kind of stunt, whether it's a beach ball or an air horn or, you know, something else. But uh, but we were always very strict with the dress code. And we had systems in place. We had monitors checking to make sure that the student, you know, the dress code, that, that, was, that was your right uh, to entry. If you didn't have the proper dress code, you wouldn't be allowed into the ceremony. I mean, that, that, that's, yeah. how, that's how strict, you know, the, the rules were. So it, it wasn't that much different than what maybe the experience that you had, you know, here in Bridgeport High School, uh, you know, across the country, you know, I, and I, I was in high schools over there that we had like, you know, either 2,000 or 3,000 students uh, in each high school. Um, and I would attend as a superintendent. I, I had various high schools in the school district with over 20,000 students in the school district. And yeah. I would attend all of the graduation ceremonies along with all the school board members. So, anyway, that, that, that the students will will act up, uh, but we had you know systems in place to keep it under control and keep it you know reasonable and civil. Um, but I wanted to I wanted to go back a little bit and, and say one thing that we mentioned earlier that the parents were escorted off the premises by the police. Yes, um, that. Uh, again, adds just insult to injury to what should have been a really great experience for the parents and a source of pride or orgullo de la familia, de la cultura, for them to not have that opportunity and to be escorted off the premises. I can only imagine what they felt like, Uh, the sense of ridicule uh, and the travesty and the injustice that were perpetuated against them. Yes. For, for the student, and the student may have been naive as yes. a first-generation uh, American student or American high school graduate, not knowing all the systems. Uh, but again, the, the system failed him yes. and his family. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, you know, I want to bring up something about Bridgeport again just because, you know, we're both, you know, have such <laughs> ties to that school. Reference, yeah, yeah and, I, and, uh-huh. I, and I want to ask you about your experience uh, when you graduated from high school. And I'm taking you back. And I'm taking myself oh, back yeah. now, but I remember on uh, during graduation week, and I think it might have been the day before, Bridgeport High School has that big dome, you know, uh, that is part of yes, the auditorium yes. of the school. Yes, and I remember yes. uh, my neighbor was guilty on, I don't know if they ever found out, but that it was her and some friends, but they painted uh, on 
the dome the day of our graduation ceremony. And so I I remember that. I remember how it was handled. The police uh, were looking for her and her friends, but um, you know, no diplomas were denied at that time. And we're talking back in the early eighties. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's just bringing up memories now, you know, so you're, you're right, yeah. Ricardo, about how, you know, a graduating uh, senior, you know, they want to step out, they want to uh, claim their independence. They want to mm-hmm. be strong. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. tell me, you know, what do you remember from your time of graduating? And you can tell the year if you want, you don't have to. And as opposed to, would you have been, have the audacity, if you will, of Ever Lopez in those days? Yeah, uh, the answer is no, never. <laughs> Absolutely would not, ne- right? Not have had the audacity. And uh, I just celebrated my 50-year, you know, high school reunion recently. So uh, I go back, you know, cut away. So back then, everything was very formal, very structured, and uh, nobody got out of hand or out of line Um Back then, I mean, it, there wasn't the kind of celebration uh, mm-hmm. in the individual, you know, wanting to to uh, to steal the steal the show or steal the limelight or or create some kind of hijinks. Uh, but uh, yeah, again, uh, but as a so it that's going back, you know, fifty years. Um, but as a superintendent, we were always and uh, as a high school, you know, principal. We were just so relieved at the end of the week with graduation that no senior got expelled from school or, you know, got drunk on the senior, you know, uh, field trip and had to be denied the opportunity to to go through the graduation ceremony. But we did. Mm-hmm. We 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 had rules and we enforced them. If somebody got suspended from school that last week, they would not uh, were not allowed to participate in the graduation ceremony. We did not deny them their diploma, but they the the, the ceremony itself is a privilege, right. you know, not a right. Right. And so we would deny that, you know, based on the student code of conduct, uh, whether they got drunk on the field trip or on the senior trip, or they did something, um, or sometimes we pulled students out of line. Uh, based on uh, their failing, you know, the uh, one of the classes and didn't meet the graduation requirement as far as the grade point average or the the course of study, all the credits. Right. Uh, some some kids got pulled out of line, unfortunately. But okay. Well, we all we all have had our experiences in high school, and mm-hmm. um, Ever Lopez, you know, he he really got uh, shocking, I think. Uh, because I don't think he, like you said, I don't think he intended this, and it was, it was, no. his na- naivety was, it was, you know, just the idea that he just wanted to, you know, be prideful about his heritage and mm-hmm. his culture for his parents. He was doing this for his parents. But in four days after he re- was refused that diploma, it took four days. Ever Lopez did receive the diploma on Monday afternoon after that Thursday incident. And, um, you know, millions cried out over the weekend for this kid to get yeah. that diploma, you know, and it yeah. it, it, it heightened to a racial relation, uh, mm-hmm. a racial incident uh, for many people, even though I don't think it actually was. But there was the whole bunch in the backdrop of history that kind of makes yeah. it pushes yeah. it to that forefront. And it meant the world to him to get that diploma that he fought for so readily and afterwards i'm so glad he actually did but we're going to talk more about this with 
Ricardo Medina from Saginaw, Michigan, <laughs> former superintendent of Bridgeport High School, when we return to Mi Gente On Air. This is Mihinta On Air on WSGW. You're listening to Mi Gente On Air on WSGW. Welcome back. Welcome back, Mi Gente. Each week we come on here on Mi Gente On Air to talk about Latino culture, concerns, and contributions. And boy, do we have a topic today, a topic that went national because of social media, TikTok especially, as well as on the national media that covered it, that didn't cover it initially, but did cover it um, a few days later, and the results were pretty phenomenal. And today I have from uh, Saginaw, former Bridgeport Superintendent Ricardo Medina, who is a longtime educator, and many know Ricardo out in the community. And we're just uh, talking with him about how this played out and what it uh, what he saw as as an educator. And I want to ask you, Ricardo, continuing this conversation, how do you handle students from different cultures who want to celebrate that ethnicity or their culture in a bigger way than usual? You know, uh, you know in the school system, uh, a lot of times there's, like, the different ethnic clubs, a black student union or a Latino student union uh, or the Mexican-American club, as they used to have them in the, in the old days. Um, but then that lends itself to, well, why don't we have the German club? And, and the, you do have a German club <laughs> in most places. But mm-hmm. you get into all the other ethnicities, and if you have one group or one social organization on the school, then how come you can't have the other one? So you get into the issues of equity and equality and, you know, what you do for one, you need to do for the other without violating people's civil rights. And, you know, you get into all those different kind of conversations in the school system. And, and I, I do remember when when Mexican-American clubs started forming in many high schools, even here in Saginaw, there was some uh, blowback, some pushback from mm-hmm. other groups on, on whether why do you need you know, a Mexican-American club, uh, you know, in the in the campus or on the high school. Right. So, you know, school districts across the country have dealt with those kind of issues. But, uh, you know, we've become so polarized now with our, you know, politics <clears throat> that everything is uh, quick to become a, a social issue, a racial issue. Uh, and then sometimes we make, you know, a mountain out of a molehill. Uh, yes. Yes, that that is so true, and I and I think in this case, um, you know, the principal is the one that you know kind of made that uh, mountain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the family, Ever Lopez's family, said they were not for any of um, the 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 bad um, press that she was getting because she was somebody who had done for people of color, students of color in the past, that she, uh-huh. she was a good educator, and the threats that oh, she good, was good. getting, yeah. the threats that she was getting, I think they were like 12 <laughs> death threats. You know, they said they yeah. were not in support she of that. She didn't deserve that. Yes, yes. And nobody does. Yeah. And nobody does. Right. But, uh, 
But but um, but when we think about you know the police coming and escorting the family out, like you said earlier, that I think should have been addressed, and that uh, policy change mm-hmm. in the future is 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 needed. And we're going to see a lot of this. I think we're going to see a lot of more incidents after this incident where seniors are going to try to express their different cultural and ethnicity as a result of this this incident in uh, North Carolina, wouldn't you think? Um, yeah, yes. <laughs> um, and, and by the way, I wouldn't be surprised if this issue has come up in some other place across the country. You know, we're a big country and, you know, there's there's students of all kinds of different uh, racial races and ethnicities graduating. You know, we're a pretty diverse you know, country. So I wouldn't be surprised if this has happened or will happen again in the future in some other locality. Yeah, um, yeah. There, there's always going to be that one that, um, you know, is trying mm-hmm. to push the bar or somebody yes. who, you know, and, and who knows, can, can be a future leader in a community uh, just by, you know, having that gumption, if you will, like Ever Lopez did. But yes. like I said, I, I, I don't think he did it to draw this type of attention. He was just proud no. of his, his heritage and he did it for his parents. And, and like I said... Yeah. Uh, after the press conference that he and his parents gave um, on Monday, this last Monday, almost a week ago, um, he did receive that diploma four days uh, later f- after the incident. But he did receive it after the press conference. And I, I, I didn't hear mm-hmm. if there was an apology on either side or on either, from either side. But um, he came out uh, victorious holding the diploma over his head. And I did hear where he said, you know, not only did he do this for his parents, but he fought for the diploma afterwards, after the incident, for his younger brother and sister to, you know, so that they will always be proud of where they come from, their mm-hmm. heritage and their culture. So, I mean, there's just, just so there's a lot going on, you know. But one of the things um, Kelly Morales said at the press conference, she's the executive director of Siempre MC there in uh, the county, she said this isn't just about just this incident, but so many incidents that Latinos and minority students have to live with every day. She said that this was an opportunity for the to talk about that and address with administration and have a policy that is more uh, inclusive. They called for a dialogue on the graduation policy. And and I want to play a, a, a very important clip from Chip Faust, who is the president of the local NAACP in Randolph uh, County, who spoke at the press conference as well about the parallels of incidences in the state in standing with the Latino community. When you will accept as legal ID a hunting license, but you will not accept as legal ID, a student ID from a historically black college and university, that's not an accident. That's what the background that created this situation so that when people saw the video, they also saw that. When you as a state want to cut out Sunday voting because you know that black people make up 70% of the people who voted on Sundays with souls to the polls. It's not an accident that those things happened. And the reason that they happened is the reason why the community looked at the situation the way that they did. So I want to make sure that people understand that this didn't happen in a vacuum. This happened 
in a state that is systematically trying to take voting rights away from minorities. And we at the NAACP will not stand still, will not be quiet. We will work arm in arm with our friends in the Latinx community to make sure all voices are heard and all votes are counted. Thank you very much. So he's talking about, he's going beyond um, what has happened in this yeah. incident. And, and yeah, it's you get some, into the vote, voting rights and a lot mm-hmm. of other issues, civil rights issues. Yes, and I think that's something that we as uh, minorities really need to address as well because it's happening so quickly. It's happening in Texas. Uh, it, it's happening in, I believe, uh, other, well, of course, in Georgia, North well, Carolina. Georgia, you know, even in Michigan mm-hmm. here, even in Michigan, our Republicans, Republican legislatures yep. are moving to, you know, remove, uh, put up roadblocks, if you will, for people of color. Now, I'm saying that, uh, you know, concerned. I am concerned. That's what this program is about for, you know, Latino concerns. And at the Union Civica Mexicana, this election, we were uh, given by the, the city of Saginaw a ballot box in our driveway to make it easier for the north side community, not just Latinos, but all the north side community there in our, in our area to be able to vote with, a, with their, their ballot at that ballot box. So, you know, it, it, was a, it, was a, it was a plus. I felt that that was something that was sorely needed and that would help because of the backdrop of the pandemic and everything else. Um, and now they want to take it away. And so there, there's concern. You, you see so much of that happening um, throughout our nation. And especially even in Texas is, is kind of where the Democrats walked out on, in, in their Senate and on. So it's been something that's playing out that we have to look at. And this guy who is with the NAACP, you know, Chip Foss, he's saying that, you know, we have to look at what's happening to minorities in our communities. And that's why... They are going to react the way they do to a, uh, an incident with Ever Lopez like this. And so we, mm-hmm. we, we here in Michigan, we really don't know what's going on there in North Carolina. Uh, but obviously there, there's some issues going on because he makes yeah. a point, you know, where he says that um, this is a state that hired and paid for data to look at how black people voted in 2020. And then they passed laws to suppress that vote. You know, Mm -hmm. the the North Carolina Board of Elections said that if those laws would have been enacted in 2020, this last pass election, 300,000 Americans would have been denied that vote with over 100,000 being black men and women. I mean, so that's that's really something that's something to consider. And, you know, we we go through this life and we talk, oh, gosh, I don't want to hear about race relations. I don't want to hear, you know, about who's being hurt or who's so overly sensitive or whatever. But you know what? The time has come, you know, because we have to talk about these issues because it's just not fair, right? And, and for mm-hmm. so many years, we've accepted and we've assimilated and we have, uh, you know, tried to go with the flow. But when there's blatant, uh, blatant actions, I would say, against people of color, we've got to stand up. And I've said this on this program so many times, their fight is ours, just like the Asian Americans, you know, what what they're going through right now. And um, we have to stand up for all people of color because, you know, God made us all equal, right? In the eyes of God, we are all equal and we are all his children. And if you think differently and you think you're better than anybody else, you're falsely wrong. Yeah, and I think that. I think um, like Martin Luther King made a statement, something to the effect of, 
an injustice perpetuated against one of us is an injustice perpetuated against all of us. Yes. Um, and there's a passage in the Bible about what you do to the least of my brothers, and so you do unto me. So all of us, you know, have, have certain inalienable rights, you know, by the Constitution of the United States of America to the pursuit of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Uh, so we all have some, some rights. And it's not it's not right. It's not just for somebody to try to take our rights away, whether it's graduating from high school or, you know, go, going to vote. Nobody should put barriers, false barriers up against us or particular, you know, communities, whether it's Latino, people of color, low income. Those those things have been going on for a long time. But it seems like we're regressing, Larry. We, we had made tremendous progress even to the point that we elected an African-American president. Mm -hmm. But in the last 10 years, five years, six years, we've really gone backwards as far as I'm concerned with race relations and social equity issues. Um, And it's very unfortunate because we have become so polarized and it's not healthy for, for the country. And 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 you see what happened on January the sixth at our nation's capital. Yeah. Um, events like that. Um, now, I, I also wanted to mention that I graduated from high school in Texas, so I'm, I'm not originally from Saginaw. Oh, okay. So I I have a little bit of uh, experience of living in the South. It's a whole and different ballgame, right? Texas, yes. Latinos in the state of Texas, a lot of what you hear about African-Americans in the South, in the deep South, in Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, you know, mm-hmm. um, Latinos, we, we were the African-Americans in, in the South. I mean, I, I grew up, you know, in a large family and we were migrant workers and we were picking cotton, you know, um, and my dad would force me and my brother Joe to go pick cotton all day long before we went to football practice um, in in August uh, when I was in high school. So I know that. And I also remember like going on the field trip to San Antonio in the third grade when I I went to the restroom and I came out of the restroom and the teacher says, like, what were you doing? You know what? I said, you know, I I said, I beg your pardon, ma'am. You know, I I had Hmm. business to take care of in there. She said, no. She said, you're not supposed to use that one. You're supposed to use this one over here. Oh, and I boy. Says, no. I said, no. That one says white only. And, says, and I'm brown. I'm colored. I went to the colored restroom because I'm brown. I'm not <laughs> white. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, so I have lived through some of those experiences, you know, as well, having grown up in the state of Texas. I've seen discrimination. Yeah. I've seen blatant, you know, laws and uh, and blatant discrimination and uh, social injustice, uh, where even the discipline code and the way it's administered across the country, the students of color uh, get the, the raw end of the stick when it comes to disciplinary action in our school system. But, you know, is, do you feel that today, in 2021, is there more accountability held now to those who perpetuate racism or in incidences like Penny Crooks? Um, I would say yes, uh, much more so than back in our days. You know, if you got discriminated against or, you know, you got retained in school, you didn't get promoted to the next grade, uh, 
or the teacher was racist and, you know, took it out on, on the students of color, you just kind of, you know, took a deep breath and accepted it because there was nothing you could do back then. Yes. Um, so we've come, we've come a long ways, but at the same time, like I mentioned in the last five to 10 years, we seem to have taken some steps backwards where all of a sudden, you know, racism is in vogue again. Yeah. Um, and people are making a much more of an issue of either, well, the, the, the concept of white privilege. Yeah. Um, of the white privilege, and the, now they're making it so that discriminatory practices are in or popular now to prevent people of color from voting. Yeah. And it's a shame. So and, they, that, and they talk about rotten shame. Yeah. And they talk about the woke community. I mean, you know, it's just, it's, yeah. it's unbelievable. And, and do you think, do you think the accountability held today is because of um, incidences like the George Floyd murder and, and uh, the Confederacy statues coming down and, uh, you know, Ever Lopez wearing a Mexican flag at his commencement ceremony. Is, is that going to cause us to be, uh, you know, uh, people, are we going to have more accountability held today in 2021? Because in 2020, if you remember, Ricardo, in Saline, Michigan, at, at Saline High School, when parents gathered together to uh, address racial issues from um, Anglo students, white students that were being racial to the football players, you know, one of the parents was told, "Well, why did why didn't you stay in Mexico?" Remember, remember that, and that's yeah. in, in Michigan, yeah. in Michigan, yeah. in our state, in America, in 2020, just before the pandemic. So, mm-hmm. I forgot what my question was because there's just so much <laughs> there. But you know, yeah. no, 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 yeah, but um, so these issues having to deal with social injustice. Um, whether or not um, we're we're making progress, we, we're getting better. It's not as bad as it used to be. It's not like it was 50 years ago, you know, when I was in school or when I grew up in in the South, uh, where we had colored restrooms and white only. Uh, so it's not that bad. And water fountains too, and schools. Yeah. Um, my my community did not get integrated until I was in a junior in high school, when I was in Texas. Wow. In the San Antonio area. Uh, you know, there was a black, a, a separate school system for, for blacks and the Latinos had a choice of which one to go to. And when I became superintendent in California, the district that I was a superintendent, which was like 80 percent Latino, uh, but all the power structures were, you know, the, the white, you know, the white privilege, the white community were all the power brokers in town. Um, but that community was one of the last bastions of segregation in Southern California. Uh, and I became the first superintendent of color in that district. So you can imagine the kind of stuff that I dealt with yeah. um, from that community, uh, being the first Latino to go in there and be the superintendent. Um, and it wasn't you know, like I wasn't qualified. And I only got the job because I was Latino and I didn't know what I was doing. And, yeah. you know, all of that noise. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That, so, but anyway, it, things are getting better. What I, I'm optimistic because of the, the not just the George Floyd, you know, phenomenon, but all of the marches for equal rights across the country yes. in the last five years. The things that we've seen, 
that and and not just Latinos or African Americans that are out there protesting Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. but the number of young yes. white people and Asian people and Latinos and blacks are all together out there marching they get it. for social justice yes. issues. Yes, our young people that, get I, it. That is why I am encouraged yes. today. Yes, and I remember uh, yeah. Minnie Rosales, who was on the Board of Education here in the Saginaw Public School yes. System. Yes. She was in the march that we had over at Ojibwe Island mm-hmm. and where it started. And she said that exact same thing. She was encouraged. She was optimistic to see that young people, so many people of all walks were coming out and seeing this for what it was and why they protest, protested. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so important we have to talk these issues because I think it gets us to where we are, you know, each day and that pendulum swinging. And, you know, after five years of living under this past administration, Sure, there's going to be people of color who have had enough and were speaking out more strongly. I mean, it's just a given. Remember the the it's it's it, somebody said once, you know that you know why don't you? I, this I'm I'm reaching back again now. You know this is bringing up mm-hmm. things in my life, but you know they, they they said to me, you know just just try to assimilate more. Don't you know show yeah. show. Yeah. We've heard that. I I remember that at MSU. I remember. Uh, being called, mm-hmm. you know, that Mexican on my dorm floor in Edmonds Hall at MSU in East Lansing, and I was referred to that Mexican. And in some instances, I questioned, you know, whether it was in a derogatory way when they would call me, or if it was just, yeah, yep. you know, not na- na- their nativity that they they just they saw a Mexican, you know. And so I remember shaving off my mustache mm-hmm. because I didn't want to look yeah. so Mexican. I mean, we've gone through that. We've lived through that. And so I guess when an incident like Ever Lopez wearing this Mexican flag at his commencement, it's going to hit home, you know. And and this is why I jumped on it immediately on my social media and why I said, you know, mm-hmm. I've got this platform here here at the radio station and we've got to talk about it. We got to talk about these issues and remember, you know, why it's important so that people to and, and to tell people, you know, on this platform, you know, stop saying you're in America, speak English, because that is not the legal language of this country. Yes. You know, it's assumed in some cases to some people, but That's no sorry, no senor. And, you know, they mm-hmm. need to stop saying go back to your country because this is our country. I was born here. I was born in Saginaw, Michigan. And, you know, I, I've been told that when I was uh, protesting Donald Trump's uh, visit over at the Birch Run uh, Expo uh, in 2015 when he started mm-hmm. his campaign. So this is why we got to talk about it. We have to have accountability held. And I think that um, we're going to move forward on this just like every other incident. But there's optimistic hope, like you said. So yeah. I want to thank you today, Ricardo Medina, former Bridgeport superintendent and great educator for the past 40 years for your contributions. Today, as we speak on Mi Gente on Air, but also because you're such a great educator with great experience and have lived that history. So thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it. You know, talking race relationships is hard, but we have to do it. We have to, and we have to have equity and inclusiveness and liberty and justice for all. So let's fight the good fight that God created us all, diverse, and celebrate that diversity, Mm -hmm. just like Edward Lopez did. 
But uh, we've got to be a little bit more, uh, you know, professional and to seek out uh, what the rules are in any case, in shape or form, so we don't get into any trouble. But at the same time, the administration needs to be more in tune with those students that are culturally different. That That's my take on it. You know, I think uh, it was a bad Absolutely. situation. It was a bad situation that just kind of got out of hand, but I think it's an important situation that will go down in our history and our nation, and we'll remember it just like we do so many of those incidents like George Floyd, which was the big one. So until next time, I'm your host, Larry Rodarte. Hasta luego. We'll see you next week.